And we're going to read the first ten verses. Yep. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down? This this leaning wall, this tottering fence. This, they fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in the but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He, he is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Low-born men are but a, but a breath, but the high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortions or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not, do not let your heart... Do not set your heart on them. Alma, Denise, let me help you. Remember, this is a participation sport, people, okay? Participation sports. Listen, I've been really encouraged this week with uh, so many of you who have been taking the time to get together and think about this whole issue of real change. You've been meeting in twos, threes, fours. We're meeting together. We've been asking questions about how the Lord wants to meet us and grow us. Remember, from last week, we were seeing that we have a purpose as a people under the Lord Jesus, and that is to know him, to experience his grace. Uh, we've got some good news today, people. We've got some good news. So let me just pray, asking that the Lord would help us, and then we're going to dive straight in, okay? Make sure you've got Psalm 62 close to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please would you be merciful and gracious to us, because we need it. Lord, our hearts are often cold. Our sin is often abounding. Our love of empty things is a persistent struggle. Our vision for your kind of heart and compassion for one another and the world is often difficult to grab a hold of. Lord, we need a word from heaven and we thank you that we have your word open before us. A place where we suddenly get reorientated, where we experience your mercy washing over us. Would you help us with that today, we pray, Lord. Lord, my soul needs it. Every soul in this room needs it. Please, Lord, come by your spirit. Quicken, comfort, challenge. Give us perspective. Lead us to worship, we pray. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Brilliant. So um, tell me what issue I am facing, what's coming at me. Uh, what challenges on the horizon, what struggle I'm battling with as I just read this out to you, okay? So you're listening. What I want you to do is tell me what I'm facing, okay? I looked everywhere for an answer and I found no peace. It feels like it's all down to me and I'm not strong enough. There's nothing solid I can stand on. I'm sinking 
There's no rescue. There's no place I can go to be safe from attack. Every moment I feel I'm coming apart that little bit more and I'm powerless to stop it. Okay? What do you think? As you listen to that, what, what, what am I facing? Somebody tell me what I'm facing. What, what, what situation is bearing down on me? What, what heat of life in this world is pressing in? Okay? What's your, what's your guess? What do you think? Give me one. Ill health. Brilliant. Thank you. What else do you think it could be? Get a chair and sit. We're not moving forward until we've got past this bit, people. I'm not doing this on my own here. We came for a reason. We came to do business. Come on, help me out. Sorry? Depression. Brilliant. Ill health, depression. What else? Sorry? I'm needing strength, aren't I? I'm not feeling strong, though. Yeah? Good. What issue am I facing? What's coming at me? Brilliant. Something that's getting the better of you. Good. Okay. What else could it be? Uncertainty. Uncertainty about the future. Yeah, that's right. You've had a go. Shut up. Sorry? Yeah, your past is catching up with you in some way. And you try to leave it in the past, but it just won't stay there and it keeps coming back. Good. What else? What else could it be? This is going to be a long sermon, people. As you heard it, what did it give you a sense of? Any echoes of remembrance? I mean, I could just ask, what pressures are you feeling right now? What else could it have been? What else could it have been? Shall I read it again? Have you spotted that we're not moving forward until you help me? I hope we've got that, okay? I'm quite happy to sit down there until you decide to help me. Uh, I can be quite stubborn on this one, all right? Let me read it again. I'm looking for you to help me. What issue is it? I looked everywhere for an answer and found no peace. Feels like it's all down to me and I'm not strong enough. There's nothing solid I can stand on. I'm sinking. There's no rescue. There's no place I can be safe from attack. Every moment I feel I'm coming apart a little bit more and I'm powerless to stop it. What issue are we facing? Peer pressure. Do you know that's a really thoughtful thing to say? Well done. Not bad from a 12-year-old. Let's see if anybody in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, their 80s could match that. Brilliant. What else could it be? Loneliness. Thank you. Good. What else could it be? You're lost. Thank you. Good. What else could it be? What else could it be? Life struggles and circumstances. That was just the general life struggle. Sometimes you don't even know what it is, do you? But it's, there's just a background noise of life's troubles and struggles. Good. What else could that issue be? What else could it be? You look like you want to say something. Fear. Is it fear of anything in particular? 
future, life itself, thank you, good. What else could it be? Shall I let Jane have another go? She's not allowed another go. Okay. Uh, Ruth, what do you think it could be? Sorry. A long-term argument or a hostility, maybe with somebody who, who lives next door, maybe somebody who's really close to you, maybe it's somebody at work, a boss. Good. What else could it be? Go on then. Parenting. Parenting. I feel like I'm sinking. <laughs> Good. What else could it be, people? Go on, George. Guilt. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. You're very perceptive for somebody who sort of lives in a house with him. I'm impressed. Good on you. Come on, what else could it be, people? What else could it be? Fear of failure. Oh, tell me about that one. Brilliant. Go on, what else could it be? Fear of suffering. And that suffering, you just fill in the blank as to what it could be. What else could it be? What else could it be? Bethany, what else could it be? Being a pastor in a church that won't talk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm working. I'm in counselling for that. That's good. Okay, what else could it be? What do you reckon, Ella Ray? The answer's not on your phone, darling. Do you want me to hold your phone? Would that help you? Would it bless you if I held your phone for you? Okay, this is second week in a row. Brilliant. Stick it in a pocket for me. May the Lord bless you and keep you and your phone turned off. Brilliant. What else could it be? Would it be fair to say it could be almost anything? Do you know where I got those words from? Look down at Psalm 62. Look at the first two verses. All I did was write the exact opposite of them. I looked everywhere and found no peace. What does Psalm 62 say? My soul finds rest in God alone. What does it say there? It feels like it's all down to me and I'm not strong enough. That's the exact opposite of my salvation comes from him. There's nothing solid I can stand on. I'm sinking. There's no rescue. That's the exact opposite of he alone is my rock and my salvation. No place I can be safe from attack. He is my fortress. Every moment I feel I'm coming apart a little more and I'm powerless to stop it. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Do you see, the wonderful thing about God's word is he is not naive to the things that come at us. And you think about the variety we had there. We had general troubles. We had the, uh, that just come along through our circumstances and situations. We had the, the pressures of, of being in a broken world where we have to suffer aging and loss and ill health. We talked about relational struggles. We talked about fears of, uh, of uh, because we, we, we're only finite and there's only so much we can do to control our future. We talked about issues related to guilt or our past or things that just keep coming back to visit us. We talked about, well, we talked about so many things, didn't we? You see, as we're tracking through with our course on real change, we're getting to the point where we're being honest about the world in which we live, the heat. The heat that is pressing down upon each and every one of us. And this is the place where the Lord wants to do a work in your life. This is the place. You see, people think that, that change happens by changing our circumstance and our situation. If I just was working with somebody who was slightly less difficult, if the kids at school were slightly less judgmental, snarky and, and horrible, if I had a little bit more money in the bank, if I was a different physical shape or if I lived in a different environment, things would be different. 
And here the Lord says, "Uh uh-uh. Wherever you go, there is going to be things pressing in on you from outside and from inside. But the place of change is how you face everything. What we're being given, what we're being given here is a pattern for how we go about leaning into the Lord that we may live and be different in the moment. So let me ask you this question. What pressure is bearing down on you at the moment? What's your thing? Maybe it's a place of anxiety. I mean, I know you've got them because I've got them. Maybe it's a guilt or a regret. Maybe it's a bereavement or an estrangement. Maybe it's responsibilities that you feel you get no help with and you feel that they're beyond you. Maybe it's just it's a tough spot relationally or health-wise or financially. We've all got them, haven't we? Tomorrow they're going to announce a new name for tomorrow as Monday. They've been building up to it over a few years. They keep pointing it out on the radio that the second Monday in January is horrible. It's the time when the Samaritans get the most call, uh, calls. It's the point where people are so far away from their uh, next bit of money coming in. The weather's horrible. Relationships are, have not fulfilled over the Christmas period. And now they're going to name it. If we've got a Black Friday, we're now going to have a... Blue Monday, so put it in your diary, people. Second Monday in January is from this point forward going to be known as Blue Monday, apparently. Well, guess what? You have a Black Friday, you have a Blue Monday. You always have something coming at you, don't you? And I don't know about you, but I find that hard. You do. I wish I could say that here's the keys to be able to sail through all the challenges and problems that we face. But I think most of us feel on a regular basis that we're just about treading water particularly at this time of year, because we live in a world where it's just hard, isn't it? And you're all looking at me because you go, yeah, and your details for you are slightly different to the details for me, but they're no less real at all. What we just read, or that anti-psalm, that opposite psalm that I just read out to you, it could be any one of our stories. We just need to change the details, don't we? So that's the first thing we need to see. This is a familiar story to us. Second thing I just want you to think about for a minute is that Everybody's always trying to give you an answer to that, aren't they? So quite often the, the mental health care professionals will encourage you to search for the strength inside of you and they'll encourage you to sing happy songs or maybe they'll encourage you or, or, or there'll be a song that you'll grab a hold of that will just tell you, just do the right thing. You know, none of those things are bad enough of themselves. If you listen to an old-fashioned REM song that says everybody hurts, they say he'll simply sing and say, take comfort in the crowd because everybody hurts. And there is something true in that, in that being around people as you're facing it, it helps, but it's not quite good enough. Most of the bits of help that we'll find will be well-meaning, but leave us with a sense that we haven't got the strength to keep pushing on. How do we face a world that presses in, brings heat down upon us, And then there's the problem, isn't it? Because as we face these things, it reveals something about us. Have you noticed that? And that adds another pressure. Because when I feel things coming at me in the world, it really, it shows that, it shows what I'm like on the inside. It shows the distinct lack of my abilities to just get through because I'll very quickly be grabbing a hold of something to try to help get me through and face the future. It will reveal the Well, the places that I go to deal with things that are difficult. And sometimes it will be a good thing, but quite often it will be something that is, well, it just reveals my selfishness. It reveals my pride. I go and find comfort in all the wrong places. Something of my 
judgmentalism will pop out and my evilness will pop out in the way that I treat other people as these hard things come at me. So as we look into this psalm, I want to go back to verse 1 and 2. And I want you to notice something here. David's got stuff coming at him. We'll see that in a minute. But notice how he states verse 1 and 2. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. He knows that that is true. And if you're a Christian here today, you know those things are true, don't you? Now, let me tell you, let me look you in the eye and tell you, okay? This is good news because you're different to anybody else around here if you're a believer. You have a God who is salvation. Not just tells you the way to get there. He is your salvation. You have a God and he's the present one and he's with us right in this second if you'll dare to believe it. You have a God who is a rock, a foundation, one who is solid and you can plant your feet upon him and bet your life upon him. You have one who is a a fortress. Now a fortress is a great thing. In the ancient world, it was the only place you could ever be safe. Before the days when they had sort of laser-guided missiles and attack Apache helicopters that could get over a wall, if you were in a fortress, you were safe. Nobody could get you. We have a God who is rock-solid safe. We have a God who says, you'll never be shaken. And what it has in mind is shaken to pieces. You'll never be shaken to pieces because I'm with you. Now, here's the problem. David very quickly moves on to verse 3 and 4. Have a look down at verse 3 and 4. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend, fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in his lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. So here's David here, and he's stating what he knows to be true. That he can find comfort and rest in God, that God is his salvation, that God is his rock, that God is his fortress, that God ensures that he will not be shaken. So this is what he knows here. And then, but the problem is, he's like you and me, is that as, all, as he's trying to remember that, what dominates for him? Verse 3 and 4, what he's facing. What are you facing? You see, you've really struggled this week, and you're not the only one. The person sitting next to you struggled with this too. You and I, we've really struggled this week to take our stand on God alone and his salvation in Jesus Christ. As you've gone into school and you've had your exams and your mocks and your grief from the people at school, as you've gone into work, as you've just got up and had the blues, as you've, you've had that low-level struggle in the background, if you've had emotional struggles, if you've, if you've had... In, intrusive thoughts about one thing or another or you've desperately been grappling for control in your future those situations have come at you big and what suddenly became small that God alone is our rock that God is our salvation that he is our fortress that he is the one who means that we will never be shaken do you see that? so you and I, what is our experience in our faith all the time? situation presses in, the heat presses in and in that moment those things that are true just disappear what's he facing exactly okay verse three verse three and four just shout out what is he facing what's coming at him what is his story from his past week when he sat down kicked the dog out of the study and started to write this psalm down what's he what's coming at him look at verse three shout it out look at verse four shout it out somebody is com- somebody or something is assaulting him assault's a pretty violent word 
feels like he's under attack. Is that fair? Good. What else does it say? What else does it say? Yeah, it feels like somebody's out to get him. Somebody's trying to throw him. We don't know the specific details. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because the way the Bible quite often uses metaphors, it sort of uses the extreme case and allows us to fill in the gaps. So, you know, it could be that there is somebody who's actively, actually trying to murder him. But within that motif and picture becomes everything from that person in our home who's just been unthoughtful and making life difficult for you through to that boss who seems to be wanting to, 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 to just get you out of his or her way to the fact you've got somebody who wants to stab and kill you. It's all on the same spectrum, isn't it? But he's facing what you and I face. Good. What else is, is coming at him here? What else is coming at him? Yeah. He feels misrepresented. Anybody ever felt misrepresented? Maybe in the motives, and you, maybe you did something, and somebody snarls at you, and you ask them later, why did they snarl at you? And they said, well, you and and you felt, I don't really feel that that was what I was trying to do. He's got people who are out there misrepresenting and lying about him. What else is he facing? What else is going on? What else is coming at him? Brilliant. He doesn't know who he can trust. So he gets attachment issues. (laughs) When you've you've been burned and let down once, it changes everything. Maybe it was a brother or sister who just at a point of your vulnerability, instead of comforting you, just were shady towards you. Maybe it was the same with your parents or something like that. Maybe it was, oh, you thought that friend was a friend and then you found out they were gossiping behind your back. Maybe you... And then suddenly, the next time that you're trying to connect with somebody, it's just that little bit harder. You see that? Doesn't know who to trust. What else? What motif, what picture does he give of how he he feels at this moment? What's the picture? You've already answered. Somebody else, please. Oh! Did you come up with that yourself? Yeah, you came up with that one. Okay, and we saw it, didn't we? We saw it as a result of the wind that hit around Speak a couple of weeks ago. There are some fence panels that you were le- that were there, and that, but they were only just there. You looked at them and you thought, you know, you just have to have a cat. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> that shows how I feel about cats. I have to have a cat just 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 brush up against the thing and it's keeling over. Have has anybody ever felt that emotionally? psychologically, relationally, on one gust of wind away from total collapse. That's where he is. But look what he's... And this is the strange... This is the strange conflict in this psalm because on the one hand, he knows. He knows. God is... The only place of refuge. He knows that the Lord is his salvation. He knows that he's got a fortress and he's rock solidly safe. He knows he's not going to be shaken. But the circumstance and situation just seems very, very big. And he feels distance from those truths. Maybe he's asked friends to pray for him like you have. Maybe he's wondering where God is in this moment. Because he thought, I don't mind it being a little bit tricky so that I have to depend on Lord. But does it have to be this tough? Do I have to feel emotionally in this dark place? Am I, what's going on? (coughs) So you see, our circumstances will press in upon us. And the big question is, well, okay. 
I want us to jump down a little bit and see where he reveals to us where he is tempted to go. Where he's tempted to go when he feels up against it. Now, can I just inform you? You have places that you go, don't you? You have ways of coping with what you find hard. Some of them are legit and some of them are a little bit. But always, when our situations come at us, it reveals and tells a story of who we are, what we're like, what we trust and where we go. So let's jump down to verses 9 and 10 and try and figure out where David is tempted to go. And this might be your poison too, or it might not be, but the trend will be there. Somebody read for us verses 9 and 10, please. Somebody read verse 9 and 10. So there are two places that David is tempted to run to as a false refuge, as a source of salvation, as a way to be able to cope. When he's, finding, when he's feeling like a tottering fence, whether it's because of his own failure, whether because of what's coming at him, whether it's just the pressures and troubles of the world, whether it's a fear of the future, he will look around because he's normal, just like you guys do, just like you youngsters do. You look for a place of safety, don't you? He goes to two possible places. One's in verse 9 and one is in verse 10. Okay, What's the one in verse 9? What's the place that he's tempted to run? Where does he want to go? Any ideas, Tony? You got it there, mate? It'll help if you have the Bible there. Brilliant. Any ideas? Oh! Status. Have you heard me preach this one before? She's just what, sorry? Okay. Status. Do you notice that there in verse 9? Lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on the balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. And it sort of tells the story. He's saying, can't trust in your status in life because it's all basically the same. It's basically a breath. And the reason he's saying that is because that is one of the temptations. Do you remember David's story? He was risen up from being a shepherd boy in a field in a big family, least of all his brothers, to the point where he became a great warrior and the girls would sing about him. Do you remember what the girls would sing about him? What was it? Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his. Do you think he had a bit of status swagger as he walked down the street? The girls are singing about me, baby. They were, weren't they? And it got, him, it got him a place of status. And he moved up, not just to be the, the king over Judah, but then the, over all the 12 tribes. And everybody looked to him and they wrote songs about him. And in that moment, it was like, yeah, I feel strong. I can face anything. I'm the king. Have you noticed how sometimes we will we'll try and retreat and find comfort in that? I was talking to a bunch of pastors the other day and telling them there's reasons why. I like to wear Nike trackies. There's something about the Nike brand that communicates something and status and strength, doesn't it? There's reasons why we've spent exorbitant amounts on coats in our families with certain labels. Because if we wear the labels, they're like a shield of status and strength. They will not attack me because I've got this kind of coat. 
Now you can tell that that's probably not Anthony's idol because he only spent four quid on his coat from the charity shop. So he probably goes to different places for comfort. But you know, maybe it's maybe it's that um, maybe it's that middle-aged executive who says, "Well, I'm at a point now where I'm going to drive a Jaguar," and he drives into the car park and he feels a million dollars because he's got the status behind him. Or maybe it's just that you find yourself and you put yourself next to somebody of status. Maybe it's the ch- the friends that you choose to gather around you. But for David, when he was feeling like everything was coming at him, his temptation was to try to find comfort and refuge. In his status. I wonder how you might do that. Maybe that's not the place where you run and hide. But the thing that I want you to see is that you will run and hide in something. Well, what does he say about it? He says it, the same thing here, verse 9. Again, lowborn are but a breath. It looks like it'll do, but it's weak. Lowborn are but a breath. Highborn are but a lie, i.e. a deceptive thing. If weighed on the balance, they are nothing together they are only a breath it's a little bit like a balloon you know a nice big shiny red balloon and the kids look at the big red balloon and they go wow that's absolutely wonderful along comes a little pin there's nothing there we are always looking for balloons there's an adult version of a balloon you've probably got one in your hand right now and it's the thing that you're pursuing and going i'm going oh i can face the future because i've got my balloon and david says no no you can't no you can't but there's another one, verse 10, okay? The answer must not come from that right row there, okay? What is it, the other thing that he's tempted to find is rest in, okay? What's the other thing that he's tempted to find is rest in and face the future with? What is it? Material things, brilliant. What were you going to say? Riches, wealth, material stuff. Anybody here, when they're facing difficulties, just says, oh, blow it, I'm going to go and spend some money at the retail park. Yeah, that's why they call it retail therapy, and you know this. You know, you really think when you're feeling worthless, if I put that new thing on, I will feel precious for a bit, and then the guilt set. But that's, you know, come and see me, we'll talk about that. Okay, look, but look, it seems like a bit of a, a contradiction here. It seems like the two don't fit. Do not trust in extortion, i.e. people getting money by shady means, or put your hope in stolen goods, so shady means, though your riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. So it seems that in this verse, there's people who are trying to get money by shady means because it will help them face the future, and there's people who've got loads of stuff, and he's saying to them as well, well, do not put your hope in it because it disappears in a second. It's the same issue, isn't it? If we have stuff around us, Some of you save, and it's a good thing to save, and it's a biblical thing to save. But part of the reason you save is for a rainy day to fend off the future. And some of you save more than you give. Or at least the giving, the priority and the sense of that isn't that important, because you want to feel safe. You see, we can use our means as a way to try and fend off the hard things in life. And that's okay to a degree. But if that becomes your source of refuge and comfort, again, it's like a balloon because money comes and money goes. Money comes and money goes. So this is the thing about Christian growth. And I want to move into a conclusion in a minute. But this is the thing about growing as a believer. What you do is, number one, you say, it's, the Lord knows that I'm facing difficulties. He knows that I am tossed around by the circumstances of life. Wherever phase of life you are, you don't grow out of it, do you? 
I could ask people more senior to me. You don't grow out of it, do you? Do you, Tommy? Don't grow out of this one. There's always something coming at you that unsettles you. There's always something that, that reveals to you that you are not God in this universe and gives you a sense of being out of control. So whether you are a teenager, whether you are ancient or anywhere in between, you're going to face situations that are hard. In those, you will be tempted to find your own way. Even David, who knew his God. You see, he knew that stuff about the Lord. So what is the solution? Well, it's there in verses 5 through to 8. Somebody read that for us, please. Who's got it? Oh. Stop there, Andrew. What's the difference between verses 5 and 6 and 1 and 2? What's the difference? What's the difference? One's a command. Brilliant. That's like that. But who's, who, who, who's been spoken to in verses 1 and 2? And who's been spoken to in verses 5 and 6? You see the difference? What do you think, Janice? Sorry. That's right. I think Kaylee's right as well. There's, who's, who's doing the commanding, though, in verse 5 and 6? Because it's the same words except for one thing. You see, he's stated and he knows the truth in his head in verse 1 and 2, doesn't he? But what does he do in verse 5 and 6? He starts talking to himself. That's not a sign of madness if you're a Christian. It's the best thing you can do. He starts talking to himself and says, Oi! As this is coming out, your soul, listen up. You're going to go somewhere. Soul, yes. Uh, what was that version again? What's, what's the translation of your version, Andrea? Brilliant. And then in the, uh, this, in the church Bible, it says, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. So what he does is he says, I know some truth. Circumstances is coming at me that means I'm going to forget who the Lord is. I'm going to be tempted to find my strategy. So what I need to do is hunker down and go, no soul, go back to the Lord. That's where change happens. Andrew, do you mind reading verse 7 and 8 for me, please? So as we're talking about real change and as we're talking about moving through these few weeks, please understand that the Lord knows that you face heat. And your temptation is to try to change the situation. And if you can reasonably, that's OK. But he knows as well we're heavily invested in trying to find our own answers. The place of Christian change comes when as those situations come at us, rather than trusting our own instincts and to find our own comfort and 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 strength to change, what we do is we go back to the Lord. And we say, Lord, would you be my God and refuge in this moment? In fact, David's so excited about this, he puts that command in, in verse 8. And this is, if you want to learn a Bible verse today, this will be your Bible verse, verse 8. Can you see it? Trust in him at all times, O people. This has worked for him, and he's speaking to you and me as he says this. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our Refuge. 
All the circumstances and situation around may, may not have changed, but we have good news. In that moment, he is our refuge, and that will transform the way you respond to the situations that are coming at you. That's how God works in us. That's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants you and me to grab a hold of his great love and mercy. He wants us to to remember who he is. He he says, come to me, pour out your hearts to me. That is the compassion and gentleness of our God. So Monday morning comes and and tomorrow you you pray tonight that the kids will just be that little bit more settled and it'll be slightly easier to be a parent. And you get up in the morning and it's not any easier and you pray, Lord, be the refuge for my soul as I face this. And you start thinking tonight about how difficult it's going to be to go back into school when people are mean and horrible and snarly at you. Or they're judging you or they're going to mock you because of something you wear or something you say or something you do do or something you don't do. And you're terribly fearful and then guess what? You get into school tomorrow and it is just like that. So what do you do? Don't try and find comfort in status or clothes or saying the right thing at the right time or having a bit more money. No, go to the Lord and find refuge there. Or you think to yourself, I've been so down and low over these last couple of weeks and it doesn't seem to be lifting. And it makes me, I'm not quite the person I want to be. And Lord, would you make that change tomorrow? And yet it doesn't change tomorrow. And you think, I thought I I prayed and asked for help and grace. Where is it? And then I say, hold on, he's going to be my refuge as I face it for this season that I'm going through it. Or tonight when you get in, your neighbours are being really awkward. Yet again, you've tried to do the right thing towards them and yet they seem to be picking at you and getting at you and you've prayed, Lord, take it away. And then you get up in the morning, you find they've left you a nasty message or they've blocked your drive and they've been mean and horrible and they've done something like that. And you're like, Lord, I thought this was going to go away and it hasn't gone away. And so you slow down and you pour out your heart towards him. And you tell him what's happening and you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you that you are this, 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 this and this to me. Please let that change the way I face it. And you go to bed tonight having planned really well to fulfill your responsibilities in the various domains of life that you've got. And you get up in the morning and suddenly something intrudes into that. And it feels like that house of cards that you've built that might just stand suddenly collapses. And you're like, oh, and you just want to rush for the sweetie box or go and spend something or just give up and hide under the duvet. And then I pour out my soul to the Lord and say, I thank you that you are that kind of God. And I need you to be my refuge because there are going to be things I'm going to fail in. And I really struggle to be able to cope with that. But thank you that you love me anyway. And that makes a difference as I face that. Or I get up in the morning and and something is missing that used to be there and it's just hurting. And life hasn't planned as it was and I just feel a terrible absence of something that I wanted and hoped for or had come to be depend upon. And it's just not there in the morning. And I think, how am I going to get through this week? Because the the absence just feels so pressing. It is physical. And so what I do is I go to the Lord and I say, help me to pour out my heart to you when I don't know how to feel. And I don't know how the future is going to be. Help me to trust in you as one of your people. Help me to find refuge in you. You see where change happens biblically. It's when we invite the Lord to meet us in the middle of what we're facing. And that's what he wants to do. And that is the kind of God that he is. So as we move on, through real change, 
if when you started this last week, you thought real change meant, ha-ha, if I read this book, I'm going to get a silver bullet so nothing hurts anymore so that I can overcome. No, nope, you're going to get better than that. You're going to get the present Lord, the one who knows you and loves you and is with you as you face whatever you're going to face. And he beckons you out of all the false places of refuge and he says, come and trust in me. I will be with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. One thing, verse 11, God has spoken. Two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Now that's something that we can take to the bank. And that's what this song's all about. As we finish today, or I say finish this bit before we move on to the table service. Blessed be your name. It's about the God who is blessed and is powerful and is loving when things are smiling and sunny and easy and when things are in the deepest and darkest of valleys. Blessed be your name. Now, I'd invite you to try and put your heart there. Let your heart match what your mouth is mouthing. That makes sense. That's why we sing. This music will lift our hope and emotion as we sing and celebrate truth back to him, to ourselves, to the glory of his name. Let's stand together and sing.